This is Over the Culture Podcast, where you get to hear my spin on things I like, like music, sports, sports entertainment, movies, TV shows, and your mom. You also get to hear about things I don't like, like having to look for a new barber. And I'm your bastard of ceremonies, the one gig kid, Pat Stay Black, Alex Treblack, Reaver Sutherland, Luke Fly Talker, the most never seen bird in podcasting, the troll of trolls, the prince of petty, Titty Two Phone, Steve G. It's April 24th, 2022, and over the week, I got my hair cut. I got my hair cut on Tuesday, and I had gone about close to a month without getting a haircut. I don't like going that long without getting a haircut because, uh, you know, I'm getting up there in age and I'm balding, you know, got the invisible top with the sunroof missing. So I, I, I like to go about two weeks, maybe two and a half. Um, no more than three. I feel like when you, when you hit three, you, you're pushing it. When you hit two and a half, for me, from, from my thinning top, you're pushing it. So I, every two weeks, ideally, every two weeks, I go in there, tell them I get the Doc Rivers fade. And they usually know what I'm talking about. For my people who don't know who Doc Rivers is, he's a former NBA player, and he's now a coach. He used to play for the Atlanta Hawks, the New York Knicks. I believe he had a stint with the Clippers. And he ended up coaching the Clippers. Uh, he won a championship as a coach with the Boston Celtics with uh, Kevin Garnett, Paul Pierce, Ray Allen, you know, Kendrick Perkins, Rajon Rondo, all of those guys. You know, he was the coach. And obviously, he's much older than me, but you know, he, he's still trying to keep it keep it together up there. He's thinning at the time, but I guess he just tells the barber the same thing: just make it all blend in with the scalp. And, you know, that's what they call in barber terms, uh, probably a one, a one and a half. And I'm just not ready to let it go yet. I'm not. I mean, I feel like eventually I'm going to have to make that decision. But with with these ears and this shape head, I just don't think the world is ready. It's just too much. It's too much. So... I, like I said, I don't like waiting that long without getting a haircut uh, because the, some of the hair doesn't grow on top. And by contrast, you can see that there's a, a baboon's ass. So uh, there was a lot of ball caps and wool caps uh, those last couple weeks. Um, and I, I couldn't find my barber. My barber abruptly just shut down. The, the barber that I was going to for about a year now. I went up there earlier this month and locks were on the door, the chairs were broken down, and it just looked vacant. It looked like an abandoned building in that barbershop, or what used to be a barbershop. I called the number on the door, and the answering machine says that this number has been changed to a number that is unknown. (laughs) I was just like, well... I'm just going to have to leave this whole situation in the past. Got to hop back on Google, good old Google, and see the nearest barber near me. And lo and behold, I find a barbershop right across the street from my job. That's convenient, and I'm big on convenience. I decided, two birds and one stone. Let me just go on a day I work. And I did. I went on Tuesday couple hours before work 
and just right across the street. Yeah, it took me about two minutes from the barbershop to get to work. However, there was just this, this little thing about my haircut. It, it just doesn't sit well with me. Now, in this barbershop, there's only one barber. There's one gentleman. Uh, he goes by a appointment, usually. He, he really doesn't do walk-ins. You know, he's still big on that COVID, you know, protocol, which I respect. I I'm not even going to argue with that, debate that, none of that. Not this Sunday. Or at all. I don't care. That that's people's decision. You know, you, you, you should take precautionary measures. This is your one life. But anyways, nice guy. Uh, he's old school. He's older than me. Uh, you know, we're talking about hip hop pretty much my whole trip in there. And I'm the only guy in there, which I also like. I don't like being in crowded ass barbershops. It just makes everything just slow down. Everything's slow in any situation. So the conversation was cool. We're talking about hip hop. And then he gives me the mirror and I like the haircut except for my hairline. I, I just, uh, I, I had to just look at it and act like it, it was okay at the time. Because like I said, the, the gentleman was nice. Uh, I even told him I was going to come back because I hate having to look for a new barber. I got to work. I looked in the mirror at work and I was just like, man, he's really got my hairline sitting at the top of the bay. Uh he gave me a Wayne Brady. He gave me a fucking Wayne Brady, bitch. Whose hairline is it anyway, goddammit? I mean, it is bad enough. I got the invisible top with the sunroof missing. Motherfucker also trying to give me the flow rider. On top of that, like, damn. I'm gonna need my hairline to get back low, 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 low. Come on now. I just don't want to throw the whole barber away because everything else about the haircut I can rock with. I told him Doc Rivers fade. He had no idea who Doc Rivers was. He had to Google it his damn self. And when he saw Doc Rivers, he's like, oh, yeah, I just told him, yeah, blended in with the scalp. I didn't mean my hairline make that invisible. Next time I, 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 I'm going to give him another shot. And this time, I'm just going to tell him, leave the top frontal up to me. Don't don't touch everything else. If, if it's cool with you, I, I'm, I'm going to tend to this. And it looks like I'm going to have to wait probably another three weeks to just to see, just to see if my hairline can get back to its original form. Because at this age, I, I, I don't know what, what's going to come back up there. It's definitely coming out of every other place that I don't want. My ears, my nose. Shit. But anywho, just last Sunday, last effing Sunday, we lose another legend in the hip-hop game. DJ K Slay passes away to the COVID-19. And I was a K Slay fan. I remember getting his his mixtape, one of his mini mixtapes back in college and uh it was the street sweeper volume one uh that was the debut studio album by k slay um and th that had a lot of people on there that i fucked with i was in my junior year at bowling green 
and this was heavy in the rotation i had my jeep cherokee and i had a i believe 12 cd changer oh my god i just thought i was hot shit bumping my 12 cd changer with my 215s watch out but Street Sweeper Volume 1, that had Fat Joe, Raekwon, Scarface, The Locks, Mob Deep, uh, Black Rob, Craig Mack, uh, Nas, Baby, Foxy Brown, The Diplomats, Eminem, and Eminem's verse is just killer. Ugh. It had a lot of people. Nori, Styles P, just Bun B, Joe Budden. Um, and, and that was his thing, man. He... Uh, would do these collaborations just like funk master flex just like clue just that just like dj drama um just like khaled but k slay he was before khaled he was before clue and uh i, I didn't even know that he was dealing with the covid man uh i, I wish this shit would end uh, i'm just sick of it breaking people down and in, in, in the bed of hospitals and then to the box I didn't realize that he was 55 years old when he passed. I thought he was much younger. So, like I said, the brother was old school. He, he was kind of there at the inception of this thing we called hip hop. And uh, I, I, there will never be another like him. I, I remember getting his other mixtape, the joint collab that he did with Greg Street. And that shit was a banger. Uh, Street Sweeper Volume 2, I believe. And no, 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 I take that back. There was a Street Sweeper Volume 2 that came out that following year in 04, but the one I'm talking about is The Champions, North Meets South. Um, that had a lot of bangers, but one of the things I remember was the Shaquille O'Neal song on there, on The Champions. Can't Stop the Rain remix featuring Remy Ma, Shaquille O'Neal, Papoose, and Busta Rhymes. Um, yeah, if you haven't listened to that, that one's got a lot of fucking heavy hitters too. Uh, Big Daddy Kane, Ghostface Killer, Raekwon, Cool G Rap. Uh, you know, Cool G Rap doesn't get enough props, but uh, Lil Scrappy, Lil John, Lil Flip, Lil White from the 3-6 camp. But yeah, man, R.I.P. K. Slay. Something else that was world star worthy over the week was uh, Mike Tyson having to put his hands on a crazy cracker let's just call it that crazy ass cracker on a plane uh, it was on jet blue and uh jet blue I, I i didn't know you had that in you i, I didn't know those kind of shenanigans went down on jet blue uh that that was very spirit that that, that was in the spirit of spirit i felt like that's the only place or only airline that has uh, dumb ass shit and very man of florida energy but anyways uh, Mike, he had to put them hands on uh, Melvin Townsend III. And Melvin Townsend III, uh, there's videos uh, from different angles or whatever at various times of him sitting behind Mike Tyson and just antagonizing him. And as we saw in the video, he got what he asked for. Um, I don't know if that was intentional to try to take him to court um, either way, it, it's a dummy move. Why, why fuck with someone who can literally take your life with their bare hands? If Mike Dyson really wanted to haul off with no restraints and just go all out, 
there would be no more Melvin Towns in the third. And speaking of Melvin Towns in the third, he has a lengthy criminal history that includes convictions of fraud, grand theft, burglary, possession of controlled substances, and trafficking in stolen property. 36-year-old stole a trailer in 2018 in one alleged incident. The drug possession charge was for oxycodone. And they say he was drunk, but I don't know. You gotta be more than drunk to fuck with Mike Tyson in any setting. Now, Mike Tyson, he's older in age. This ain't the 80s anymore. And I've spoke about this on this show before. Uh, I feel like he's evolved, as you should when you get older. Um, he's shown that in different ways, uh, especially doing his monologue about a decade back, uh, where he basically chronicles all the key points in his life. And um, I hope nothing comes out of this as far as like Mike being in trouble, or whatever. He's had his share of legal issues before in his earlier life. Um, just leave the man alone. You don't just... <laughs> I don't give a fuck. It, it would take it would take me being half retarded from doing substances and drinking liquor or whatever to even think about fucking with Mike Tyson. It's unfortunate, man, because Mike Tyson, he's just minding his business, trying to get to his destination. And some uh, trailer park douche bro just to say, hey, hey man, it's Mike Tyson, man. I'ma go viral. Motherfucker, you lucky you didn't go to the morgue. And just like the Will Smith situation, people, let this Mike Tyson situation be a lesson. We can't control what people do to us, what they wanna do to us, what they think about us. We can only control how we react our own actions now from the naked eye anyone even stevie wonder could see mike tyson could dog walk this motherfucker i know it you know it everyone knows it however you gotta pick and choose this ain't that he ain't roy jones this is not for money he's he is not Peter McNeely. There is no Don King in sight. If anything, if I was Mike, and I, I hate doing this hypothetical, putting myself in other people's shoes and scenarios and shit, but if I was Mike, I would cuss the man out first, and if he's persistent, I would have to get one of the jet blue people. Take care of this quick work. I'm tired. First off, I hate being on a plane. I'm fucking tired. Now this fucking crazy ass cracker fucking with me. But blessings to Mike Tyson. Uh, I, I hope this turns out in your favor, man, because you ain't trying to hurt. You wouldn't yeah, want to do that. You didn't want to have to do that to that man. You didn't. There's always that one. There's always somebody. They're just like, oh, you man, I bet you don't believe what I did. Yeah, that, that's Melvin Townsend. That, that's that fucking moron. He, he's the guy that's always trying to do dares and shit because he's got nothing else going on besides racking up his record. Somebody who really can't escape the law is this ASAP Rocky. Man, why, dude? What, what was the point? What was the point? It just... 
you really just shake your head and you want to fucking ram your head into a concrete building. You just impregnated the woman of just about every man's wet dream. We all seen you in those happy ass pictures. She's glowing. Y'all skinning and grinning. And it seemed like the culture was happy for you. Happy for both of you. Expecting a beautiful baby. And here we are. April 20th on 420 of all days. ASAP Rocky was arrested upon arriving to the Los Angeles International Airport after a vacation with her with his partner, Rihanna. He was arrested for a potential assault with a deadly weapon in a Hollywood shooting on November 6th of last year. The bail was set at 550000 and he was released shortly after. Of course he was. That's fucking sock money to his girl. That's who probably got him. Uh, shit, that's, a, that's her baby daddy shit. Uh, get this nigga out. And after his arrest, detectives received a warrant to search his home for potential evidence. LAPD investigators broke into his home using a pry bar to force the gate open. Detectives took several boxes from his home to use as evidence. Man, you just don't know when to leave well enough alone, do you? Uh, like, you got Riri, bro. Just stop. Like, you, why even do shit? Do, do the modeling shit. When, when did you want that fashion tip? for a minute you left the, the rap alone i ain't really heard too many asap rocky albums uh so i thought you ventured out into other shit but but you never ventured out of the street shit asap rocky it's bad enough that you had to get pardoned by orange face uh the, the phantom man <sighs> let's get him back home asap <sighs> that's kind of weak you had to get pardoned of, and of all presidents. You had to do some shit. To, he had to fucking come save you. You said some low-key coonish shit before that happened. I guess we swept that under the rug. Because when we saw you with Rihanna, hey, everybody's loving it. Reacting with the care symbol and all of that shit. You won. Despite your fuck-ups, you won. Like, dude, you impregnated one of the most successful, wealthiest entertainers living in this world today. She can be your sugar mama. And she fine. She ain't no just old ass, wrinkly ass, uh, motherfucking tetherball titty ass past her prime bitch. It's fucking Riri, bro. She got that exotic shit. She got them green eyes. She, she low-key got that Erica Badu energy to her. And you got in them walls. You broke them walls down. Word to Chris Jericho, goddammit. And lo and behold, LAPD waiting for you at the airport. It's like, damn, fuck white privilege. I want some of that ASAP privilege. You keep dropping the ball and yet you get rewarded. I don't even know what's really real anymore. These NBA playoffs are heating up and they're getting a little cray cray. Getting a little cray cray. Uh, one thing that stands out and catches my attention is uh, these Brooklyn Nets are, are facing sweep. Uh, flat broom Brooklyn. The flat broom Brooklyn Nets, they shall be called. And 
I have given props and roses to Kevin BDB Durant. I've given props and roses to Kyrie Irving. I think I might have said that he is the best point guard ever, not named Magic Johnson. But if they get swept, I guess I have to eat crow again. There is absolutely no way a team with Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving should be swept in a seven-game series. No, I I, I don't want to hear no fucking excuses. It's Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving. And they have been getting props from legends in the game, past and present. People have called them the most skilled duo, the most skilled duo in NBA history. Do you know what that means? The most skilled duo in NBA history. When duos like Mag, like Magic and Kareem existed, when duos like Michael Jordan and Scottie Pippen existed, duos like LeBron James and Dwayne Wade, LeBron James and Kyrie Irving. I like that duo better. You can call it bias. It is what it is. But that in my opinion, should go out the window if they get swept. Because they wasn't skillful enough. Gotta give props to Boston. They've been locking KD down. He hasn't been himself this whole series. Shaking. And, you know, I I thought Brooklyn might have been able to take one last night. They were at Brooklyn. But nah, man. Tatum. Jalen. Horford. Even the little, uh, the CPA auditor, little, little fucking Charlie, little Charlie Vanderbilt motherfucker coming off the bench and splashing in Brooklyn. Like, man, fuck your couch, nigga. And I'm here for it. I still think those are great athletes, once in a lifetime talents. But I would love for them to never win a championship for the rest of their careers because fuck both of them. KD, you kind of need Steph. And this whole time, we were thinking Steph needed KD. (sighs) Either way, I hope those fuckers don't win either. Kyrie, I know you admit it. You kind of need a Bron, but that was a decision you made. You wanted to go to Boston. They didn't like you. Then you went to Brooklyn. Hey, you're facing a sweep. I love it. But this is a injury-prone playoffs we're in, man. The the Atlanta Hawks, they're playing the Heat tonight. And they're missing Lou Williams, Lemon Pepper Lou. And they're they're saying that he might be back for the game tonight, but we'll see. Uh, Clint Capella, their star center, uh, he's questionable. Now, Brooklyn Nets, they're missing Ben Simmons. He hasn't played the whole season because of his back. He got a backyotomy. Uh, and they're saying he's going to make his debut finally in game four uh, in the deciding game. Um, I, we'll see what kind of difference that makes. Uh, but they've also been missing Joe Harris, their three-point sniper. And he's expected to come back next season. So he's done. Um, just, just holes and chinks in the armory. Yes. The Bulls, they're missing Lonzo Ball. Uh, Dallas Mavericks, they're missing Tim Hardaway Jr. Denver Nuggets, they're missing Michael Porter Jr. and Jamal Murray, who's not coming back. He's he's done-done. Warriors, they're missing James Wiseman. Uh, They can all eat a dick. 
and uh, the Heat, they have a bunch of day-to-day guys. Uh, Bam Adebayo, uh, he's got a quadricep issue. Kyle Lowry with a hamstring. Caleb Martin with ankle. P.J. Tucker with the calf. Uh, and the Bucks, they, they got George Hill out and Chris Middleton out. The Pelicans still without Zion. The Sixers, they got Embiid hobbling around. Uh, the Suns, they're missing Devin Booker and... They're talking about two to three weeks. So if the Suns don't make it out of the first round or if they don't go the distance in the second round, Devin Booker might be cooked. The Raptors, uh, Fred Van Vliet, he's day to day. So what can you do, man? What can you say? Uh, I don't really have a favorite to win these finals, to win this playoffs. Um, You know, my guy, the LeBron, Raymond and company, those guys, they, they're watching it from the crib just like the rest of us. Uh, so none of that. My Cavs, they're done and dunner. It would be nice to see CP3 get his finally, but no Booker. That's not a good look. On Friday, Pusha T releases his latest album, It's Almost Dry. And It's Almost Dry is 12 songs. It's 35 minutes and 53 seconds. Um, one of my friends says it's no Daytona. He, he's a harsh critic. He's a fellow Virgo, but he's a harsh critic. Um, I, I respect his opinion, but this is art. Hip-hop music is art. And with any art, it's subjective. So with that being said, yeah, it might not be a Daytona, but it's no stinker. The features, it's got Lil Uzi Vert, Kanye West, and Kid Cudi in a track called Rock and Roll, and the shit goes ham sandwich. Uh, There's a uh, collaboration with Jay-Z and Pharrell called Neck and Wrist. That shit goes ham. There's another collab with Kanye called Dreaming of the Past. The shit starts off banging with a track called Brambleton. Listen to this fucking album. It's Almost Dry by Pusha T, and he's an MC. And MCs are students. When you got it, you don't just dwindle it away. You add to it. A bit here, a bit there. Ooh, this works for me. That. That bar. Ooh, I like that. That goes with that hook. And that push, not just push a T, but all MCs. It's like putting a jigsaw puzzle. Ooh, this goes good with this Timberland beat. I got something for that. And Pusha T, he does have something for that. And it's called, It's Almost Dry. Y'all need to hear it. But all things April 24th, in 1945, Miles Davis makes recording debut with the Herbie Fields Orchestra, backing singer Rubber Legs Wilson at Savoy Records Studio in Newark, New Jersey. In 1979, U.S. State of Georgia designates Ray Charles' rendition of Georgia On My Mind as the official state song. In 1990, Janet Jackson is honored with a star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame, as she should. In 1992, David Bowie marries fashion model Iman, or Miss Trinidad if you nasty. In 2001, Janet Jackson releases her seventh studio album, All For You. It becomes her fifth consecutive album to open at number one, with sales exceeding 600,000 copies. It receives three Grammy Award nominations, winning for Best Dance Recording. 
In 2006, Gnarls Barkley releases their debut album, Sane Elsewhere. That's the album with CRAZY! In 2007, The Night Watchman, a side project of Tom Morello from Rage Against the Machine fame, he releases his debut album, One Man Revolution. In 2009, The Soloist premiered in theaters, starring Jamie Foxx and Robert Downey Jr. That's the movie where Jamie Foxx looks crazy as fuck with the matted down, uh, nappy head. Yeah. And on that same day in 2009, Tyson, the documentary about the aforementioned Mike Tyson, premieres. In 2013, Iron Man 3, starring Robert Downey Jr., premieres in theaters. In 2015, in a two-hour 2020 interview with ABC's Diane Sawyer that attracts nearly 17 million viewers, Bruce Jenner confirms nearly two years of speculation that he identifies as and has started transitioning to a woman, the last interview Jenner will do as a male during the transition. On April 25th, E! announces that an eight-part documentary reality series, I Am Kate, that will follow the now rechristened Caitlyn Jenner's life as a transgender person. In 2018, streaming music services overtake worldwide sales of CDs and vinyl for the first time according to the IFPI. But more important to me than all of that shit, in 1989, Tom Petty releases his solo studio album, Full Moon Fever. And don't get me wrong, I love Janet Jackson. I am a Mike Tyson stan. The fact that David Bowie married Mon back in 92, that is major. That's a big deal. It was a big deal. However, Tom Petty is my shit. And this is my second week in a row talking about that white boy's music. Stevie, you talking about that white boy's music? Yes, we're talking about Tom Petty. Tom Petty releases Full Moon Fever and it was a fucking banger. It has relevance to me because uh, at night in Bowling Green, when I was in my senior year working on essay after essay, up late night, three o'clock in the morning, four o'clock in the morning, uh, got an early class at eight o'clock in the morning, I was banging some Tom Petty. After listening to the K Slays during the day and Kanye's and the 50 Cent at the time and uh, Dipset at night, Full Moon Fever put me in the zone. It had me focus. Running down a drain. And like I said, man, I had to write these 16 page essays. 20. Man, I, I wanted to never write an essay for the rest of my life after my senior year in Bowling Green. I, I was knee-deep in essay. You would have thought I was a fucking cholo. But running down a dream, that is my shit. Free Fallen is on full moon fever. I won't back down. Back down. Yeah, man. Tom Petty, a fucking legend. Put some respect on his name. Today in sports history, in 1901, the Chicago White Stockings went against the Cleveland Blues in the first game played in baseball's American League. In 1905, the Senators execute a triple play and beat the Yankees 4-3. In 1945, Albert B. Chandler is named the second baseball commissioner. In 1946, 11 players are named to the Baseball Hall of Fame. Tinker, Evers, Chance, Burkett, McCarthy, Waddell, Plank, Walsh, Jack Chesbro, Griffith, and McKinney. 
I have never heard of any of these fuckers, but congrats. In 1962, LA Dodgers pitcher Sandy Koufax's second career 18 strikeout in a 10-2 win over the Cubs in Chicago. In 1963, future Basketball Hall of Fame point guard Bob Cousy plays his last NBA game for Boston as the Celtics beat the LA Lakers 112-109 in Game 6 for their fifth straight NBA championship. In 1967, the 21st NBA championship is held as the Philadelphia 76ers beat the San Francisco Warriors four games to two. In 1974, NFL grants a franchise to Tampa Bay who would eventually become the Buccaneers. In 1978, Angels' Nolan Ryan strikes out 15 Mariners. This would be the 20th time he struck out 15 in a game. In 1981, San Antonio blocks 20 Golden State shots to set an NBA regular game record. In 1988, the NFL Draft is held. Auburn tight end Andre Bruce is the first pick by the Atlanta Falcons. In 1992, George Steinbrenner drops his suits against MLB. In 1994, David Robinson scores the seventh highest total in NBA history with 71 points. And on that same day, the NFL Draft is held. Ohio State defensive tackle Dan Wilkinson is the first pick by Cincinnati Bengals. In 1995, court orders Daryl Strawberry to pay back $350,000 in back taxes. In 1996, the highest scoring baseball game in 17 years is held as the Twins beat the Tigers 24-11. In 2004, the NFL Draft is held again. Ole Miss quarterback Eli Manning is the first pick by the San Diego Chargers. And he would eventually go to New York and make history. And that was my half-assed sports report. Coming up, I'm going to talk about the album Full Moon Fever by Tom Petty, released on this day in 1989. We'll be black after these messages. Yeah, man, making beats is just what I do. Hey, hey, come come check this out, man. Official, man. I think I got something high here. I got Julian, I got Ron J, Steve G, Mo P. I think it might go nuts. Play that track, man. Yeah, yeah, here we go. Certified great lace to bang. Do the lakes gotta flow like an iceberg? The shit is so cold. Whoa. I swear I'll be living on Neptune. My shit is so cold. Whoa. And my town turns the to ice when I touch down. My shit is so From the lakes, and I've been here for a long time. Hit you with the wrong rhyme, hit you with that boom, baby. Bye bye. Come and touch the sky. Not a fly, but I be on the wall observing all of y'all. I rock crowds, and y'all be so proud. Then have me on your stage, Ron Jeremy, and every day I get blazed. I mean, I get plays. Hopefully, a radio station they will face me and pay me, okay? For sure. The lakes gotta flow like an iceberg. Extra 
pretty but my mind's extra bold And my grind is committed so I turn glass to gold Every rhyme that's invented, I'm sick with it Runny nose flow, jumping off stage into the crowd Geronimo, hey. cooling in some white boy, 98 froth tips City haters on my jock trying to start shit You young boys making noise, be quiet Before I come down like the 05 riots Land of the lakes, recessions aggressive Brothers on the block giving beat down sessions I leave impressions so your girlfriend's texting Talking about she know a place to serve a mean breakfast And that mean we sexing till six in The morning said she was tired of your six inch Through the lakes gotta flow like an iceberg The shit is so The flow is nasty as the taste of black licorice Your frozen frames of mine, you couldn't picture this Drop from the sky like my name was Kid Icarus So cold like ice cubes, the wickedest They try to censor this cause they so sensitive I paint words on the canvas with my pensmanship And when I'm in the zone they say that I am senseless So cold like I'm laking up into a hole so cold, like I'm living in Toronto Back in the day, matched the Nikes with the Nautica I stayed cold, like I partied in Antarctica I spark a split, then do it for the art of it Rap spark a kiss, why you need a rhyme and start a kit? You better figure out your audience and target it And get some management, we're the strongest in some marketing Yo, that was hot, dog. hey, 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 hey Wait, 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 bring that back, bring it, hey Yo, yo, I'm... St- I'm loving it, dog. This is like Tommy Jeans, uh, Timberland Boots and Bubble Coach. You feel me, boy? And a special mention to those no longer with us. Last Sunday, we lost American disc jockey and record executive DJ K. Slay. Born Keith Grayson on August 14, 1966 in New York City, he's referred to by the New York Times as hip-hop's one-man ministry of insults. He released four studio albums, The Street Sweeper Volume 1, The Street Sweeper Volume 2, The Champions, North Meets South with Greg Street, and More Than Just a DJ. In January 2022, DJ K. Slay's brother said he was in the hospital after contracting COVID-19, but was in a recovery state. He died in New York from COVID-19 on April 17, 2022, at the age of 55. Last Wednesday, we lost American blues guitarist, singer, and songwriter, Guitar Shorty. Born David William Kearney on September 8, 1934 in Houston, Texas, he was known for his explosive guitar style and wild stage antics. Credited with influencing both Jimi Hendrix and Buddy Guy, Guitar Shorty recorded and toured from the 1950s until the 2010s. In 2017, Billboard magazine said his galvanizing guitar work defines modern, top-of-the-line blues rock. His vocals remain as forceful as ever. Righteous shuffles, blistering, sinuous guitar solos. He would pass away on April 20th, 2022, in Los Angeles at the age of 87. On Friday, we lost Canadian professional ice hockey player Guy Lafleur. Born Guy Damien Lafleur on September 20, 1951 in Thurso, Quebec, Canada, he was the first player in NHL history to score 50 goals in six consecutive seasons, as well as 50 goals and 100 points in six consecutive seasons. Between 1971 and 1991, Lafleur played right wing for the Montreal Canadiens, New York Rangers, and Quebec Nordiques, 
in an NHL career spanning 17 seasons and five Stanley Cup championships in 1973, 76, 77, 78, and 79, all with the Canadiens. In 2017, Lafleur was named one of 100 greatest NHL players in history. In 2019, Lafleur began having health issues. In September, he had open heart surgery with five bypasses. In November, he had a cancerous lobe removed from his left lung. In October of 2020, cancer was diagnosed in his right lung. He died on April 22, 2022, at age 70. Lafleur died exactly one week after Mike Bossy, who also succumbed to lung cancer. Both were Quebec natives, whose contemporary careers as star right-wingers were often compared. Richard Donner was an American filmmaker. Born Richard Donald Schwartzberg on April 24, 1930 in New York City, his notable works included some of the most financially successful films during the New Hollywood era. According to film historian Michael Barson, Donner was one of Hollywood's most reliable makers of action blockbusters. His career spanned over 50 years, crossing multiple genres and filmmaking trends. Donner began his career in 1957 as a television director, helming episodes of series like The Man from UNCLE, The Fugitive, and The Twilight Zone. He made his film debut with the low-budget aviation drama X-15 in 1961, but had his critical and commercial breakthrough with the horror film The Omen in 1976. He directed the landmark superhero film Superman in 1978, which provided an inspiration for the fantasy film genre to eventually gain artistic respectability and commercial dominance. Donner later went on to direct films in the 1980s, such as The Goonies and Scrooge, while reinvigorating the buddy film genre with the Lethal Weapon series. Donner and his wife Lauren owned their production company, The Donner's Company, best known for producing the Free Willy and X-Men franchises. Donner also produced the Tales from the Crypt television series and co-wrote several comic books for Superman publisher DC Comics. In 2000, Donner received the President's Award from the Academy of Science Fiction, Fantasy, and Horror Films. Donner died on July 5, 2021 at his West Hollywood, California home at the age of 91. The cause of death was cardiopulmonary failure with arthrosclerosis as an underlying cause. Rest easy, y'all. On this day in 1989, Full Moon Fever was released. Full Moon Fever is the debut solo studio album by Tom Petty, released by MCA Records. It features contributions from members of his band, The Heartbreakers, notably Mike Campbell, as well as Jeff Lynne, Roy Orbison, and George Harrison, Petty's bandmates in The Traveling Wilburys. The record shows Petty exploring his musical roots with nods to his influences. The songwriting is mainly collaborations between Petty and Lynn, who was also a producer on the album. Full Moon Fever became a commercial and critical success, peaking at number three on the U.S. Billboard 200 and being certified five times platinum in the United States and six times platinum in Canada. In 2019, the album was inducted into the Grammy Hall of Fame. Having earlier in 1987 finished a Heartbreakers tour behind the album Lit Me Up, I've Had Enough, Petty decided to record a solo album without the Heartbreakers, similar to the arrangement between Bruce Springsteen and the E Street Band at the time. This stirred some controversy among members of the Heartbreakers, although all but drummer Stan Lynch contributed to the album. 
Ben Montage and Howie Epstein initially were not happy about playing the Full Moon Fever songs live during Heartbreakers concerts. Lynch hated playing them right up until his departure from the band, saying it made him feel like he was in a cover band. The recording process in 1988 was a low-key affair, with many of Petty's friends contributing, including the members of Traveling Wilburys, minus Bob Dylan. Recorded mainly in the relaxed atmosphere of Mike Campbell's garage studio, Petty would later say it was the most enjoyable record of his career. Recording of Full Moon Fever was actually interrupted to allow time for recording of the first Wilburys album. Two songs recorded during the sessions did not make the Full Moon Fever album. Down the Line and Don't Treat Me Like a Stranger were released as B-sides. During the sessions, Petty wrote Indiana Girl, an early draft of what would eventually become Mary Jane's Last Dance. The album is noted for being heavily influenced by Jeff Lynne, resulting in a cleaner and glossier version of Heartbreaker's Roots Rock from previous albums. Lynne incorporated layers of keyboards and backing vocals, giving it a Beatlesque feel. The songs show Petty paying dues to his influences with a Birds cover of I'll Feel a Whole Lot Better and a nod to Del Shannon in Running Down a Dream. Other songs such as Free Fallen show Petty addressing nostalgia on his rise to fame. A Mind with a Heart of Its Own uses a Bo Diddley style rhythm, while the Apartment song features an instrumental break with paradiddle drumming reminiscent of Buddy Holly's Peggy Sue. The album, which became Petty's commercial peak as an artist, was helped by favorable critical reviews and three hit singles. The album was released on April 24, 1989 and rose to eventually peak at number 3 on the US Billboard 200 and number 8 in the UK. Five singles were released from the album, two hit the top 20 of the US Billboard Hot 100 and three topped the US mainstream rock chart. The RIAA certified Full Moon Fever five times platinum on October 5, 2000 in the U.S., and the CRIA certified it six times platinum on September 18, 1991 in Canada. Critical praise was generally high, with all music giving the album four and a half stars out of five in a retrospective review, admiring the craft of the album and rivaling that with the heartbreakers Damn the Torpedoes. This review notes there were no weak tracks on the album, calling it a minor masterpiece. The original Rolling Stone review compared the album favorably to the Traveling Wilburys debut, Traveling Wilburys Volume 1, saying it has the same restless charm, but commenting that Full Moon Fever at times seems sprawling. The review claims the album is another rewarding low-key side project for Petty, giving it 3.5 stars out of 5. A later Rolling Stone biographer claims Full Moon Fever was a masterful solo album. It was ranked number 92 on Rolling Stone magazine list of the 100 best albums of the 1980s and was ranked number 298 in the 2020 update of their list of the 500 greatest albums of all time. In 2000, it was voted number 534 in Colin Larkin's all-time top 1,000 albums. Happy Anniversary, Full Moon Fever. Rest easy, Tom Petty. Today's birthdays for April 24th. Turning 40 years old today is American singer, songwriter, producer, and actress Kelly Clarkson. Turning 45 is Puerto Rican American baseball player Carlos Beltran. Happy 49th birthday to American basketball player, coach, and former Cleveland Cavalier Eric Snow. Happy 50th birthday to American baseball player, World Series champion, and Hall of Famer Chipper Jones. 
Happy 55th birthday to Venezuelan American baseball player, coach, and one of my favorite Cleveland Indians of all time, Omar Vizquel. Beninese American actor and producer Jamin Hansu, I think that's how you pronounce it, the guy from Amistad. He turns 58 today. Happy birthday, Jamin. 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 Jamin Hansu, yeah. Also turning 58 is American comedian, actor, and producer Cedric the Entertainer. Turning 67 today is American actor Michael O'Keefe. Happy 68th birthday to American journalist, activist, and convicted murderer who still needs to be free, Mumia Abu-Jamal. Hold your head up, brother. Happy 80th birthday to American singer, actress, activist, and producer, Barbara Streisand. And turning 88 today is American actress, singer, and dancer, Shirley MacLaine. So that wraps up another edition of Over the Culture Podcast. And I want to give a shout out to my boy Julian, who ran in the Boston Marathon this past week. That was good. That was a good look, bro. Uh, that's a notch, uh, definitely a bucket list item. And you know what? He, he's such a determined competitor. I wouldn't be surprised if he returned for the Boston Marathon next year. Uh, GLC family for life, man. We do things. We do things. Please make sure to check out my other show, Happened in the 90s on Thursdays with my buddy Matt G, our sister show, Crushgasm with Kendra, B3F Podcast with Joey and Steve, and Don't Worry, Be Movies with Amanda and Wade. Y'all be cool. Peace. So I fell through the cracks of self-destruction, landed on the pole.